Well, good morning. We are uh, we're in a series, a third week in our series. In fact, it's the last week of the series on Beyond These Walls. You know, before that, we were talking about worship and coming into the beginning of this. What does it mean to worship him? And when we talk about celebrating our God and lifting his name up, there's sort of an energy that just starts filling into the church. And the church inside the walls needs to be that place where we are literally gaining a fire, where we are becoming white hot on fire for worshiping him, lifting him up. But it doesn't stop there. It needs to spill to the streets. Amen. Amen. It needs to go to those that we know and love. Those who we can reach out to and say, let me just tell you a little bit about what Jesus Christ is doing in my life. So this series that we're in, Beyond These Walls, it's simply covering three stages of sharing. We started with the global mission. What does it mean to go internationally to make sure that he is made famous? And, And we talked about our global mission plan. It's strictly this, planting on fire churches for Jesus Christ, where where each one of those churches igniting a passion and a worship as they just continue to grow and go vertical with him. And then they start reaching out and pulling more in. And all of a sudden there's just a fire that's starting there and then it spills to the next. And then they're a reproducing church. So they start planting and all of a sudden you have planting churches all over that are on fire for Jesus Christ. Global mission plan. And then the local missions plan. Well, what does each of those on-fire churches do? Well, we reach out to those around us. In fact, last week we talked about how our Heavenly Father is a father to the fatherless. That He cares for the widows and the poor. And that we need to take our very hands and feet and begin to reach out. And put our arms around and care for those in the community. We literally need to say, God cares for you. And the best way you can see it first is through the physical care. It doesn't end there because that's just humanitarian effort. It's help the physical needs and let that then spill over to let me introduce you to my God who is unbelievable. The local missions plan. This week we're in the final stage, the personal mission. What do each of us individually need to be responsible for on a day in and day out basis to make sure that we are sharing boldly of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's one of our pillars. It's the fourth pillar. Sharing boldly of your faith in Jesus Christ. How can I execute that? That's what we're dealing with today, okay? So turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 16, verse 24. We've got the ushers coming forward, and they've got some Bibles in their hands. If you don't have one, just uh, raise your hand or get get their attention, and they'll get a Bible to you, okay? Acts chapter 16, verse 24. How can I execute on sharing my faith boldly in this community? First point, just make your actions and words point to Jesus Christ. Make your actions and your words point to Jesus Christ. We're going to start right here at the beginning of the story in verse 24. It says, having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Paul and Silas, 
called to a ministry, called at that moment to a bit of suffering in order to make an impact in others' lives. Get ready, because our actions and words need to be able to speak something. Let's watch how Paul and Silas did that. Notice in verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. About midnight. Uh, Let's capture this for a moment, right? We're in prison. Probably a little bit uncomfortable, right? You're laying on some kind of cement slab or brick, whatever, right? You can hear the dank drip of water somewhere, I'm sure, right? The... Right? As you're sitting there in utter darkness. So why not sing? Right? Like, what are you talking about? Why in the world did they start praying and singing? Because they weren't like this. Right? The circumstances right in front of them, like a thumb in your eye, they were like this. They're saying, I'm not celebrating the circumstances. I'm celebrating my God. I'm celebrating the one who is making an impact in my life every moment of every day. I'm celebrating the God who is moving in this world. That's why we're singing. Because you know why we're here? We were sharing. And people aren't liking that much. Praise be to God that he lives and he reigns and he rules and he's moving. Let's lift him up. Remember last week and the week before we talked a little bit about what it looks like to be a worshiper. The first step is like, whoa, God is amazing. Do they have that going on? Oh, yeah. We got them going, let's celebrate them. Let's, it's midnight. I don't even have a watch. It's pitch black. Let's just start singing. So they're celebrating their awesome God. The other piece, it's just joy and peace, man. I don't care what the circumstances are. I am hooked up with an amazing God. Got that going on. And the last piece, like, bah, those problems, they ain't nothing, right? Just moving through it. That's where we're at. These guys are worshipers on fire for Jesus Christ. And they're in a tough spot, and yet they're lifting him up. Notice it says, and the prisoners were listening to them. Because the only other thing you could do is try to put a pillow over your ears or put your fingers in your ears or something right they're listening to him but they're hearing the words and the statements they're hearing the actions they're seeing the consistency they've heard these guys talking during daytime but here they are at midnight they're they're wounded they're we find out a little bit later they got some wounds that need to be attended to so they've probably been whipped they've been beaten they are in a tough situation of pain and they're bringing joy and they're bringing prayer And they're bringing focus of who this almighty God is. The prisoners, the prisoners are listening. They're hearing as they are pointing to Jesus Christ and stirring hearts. Notice what comes then. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Imagine being the prisoners in that moment. You're sitting there listening. You're sort of tuned in. You're hearing them singing about this amazing God and his unbelievable power. You are my fortress. It is in you we trust. You can do anything. Bam. And the chains come off. And you're like, hang on. Right? What's going on? And then Paul stands up and says, nobody move. Just stay right where you are. 
God is doing something. And they're like, oh yeah, he's doing something all right. Like the whole foundations have been shaken. Something's going on. Next step. It says, when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Why in the world would he do that? The role of the of the uh, Roman soldier was to care for the prisoners in that they don't get away. And if they do get away, the punishment was shame and then death. We see it even when Peter escaped back in Acts chapter 12, verses 18 and 19. It says that in that moment that they were escaped, those who were in charge of watching over him were sentenced to death right then and there. It is a punishment that is a very real punishment. He knew it was coming. He's like, let's just get this on. If that's what's going to come down, then I'd rather take it into my own hands. He picks up a sword and he's getting ready to kill himself. The response. But Paul cried with a loud voice. Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Notice what he doesn't say. Hey, don't harm yourself. Most of us are hanging out still. A few of us couldn't get up, so we're still here. Right? I I don't know what's going on. There's three or four of us still here. You might want to come over and check on us. Maybe it'll still go okay for you. That's not what he says. All of us are still here. In that moment, the soldier almost can't believe it. It says, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Trembling with fear. He knew his life was in the balance. He'd heard the stories of what these guys were talking about. He'd heard the energy and the passion. He'd heard them singing at midnight. He heard all this stuff going on. But when they just decided to stay because of his well-being, now that was something. He came in and he dropped to his knees before him, trembling. And he was shaken to the core with what they were doing. We have a man who was ready to hear from God. And notice his response. It says in verse 30, he brought them out and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Sir, are you kidding me? He's giving the prisoners respect? Sir, what are you talking about? How about, hey, lame prisoner? How about... Hey, the one who's done everything wrong and is in the eyes of the government in a really bad spot, get below me and sit down. Why not that? Because all of a sudden, he had grasped completely what was going on. And the connection that they had to the almighty creator and his statement was simply this. Oh, I'm respecting you. Sir, what must I do to have what you have? What must I do to be saved? Notice his question wasn't, why in the world did you not run? Right? And and his question wasn't, are you stupid? The chains fell off. Get out of here. What is wrong with you? All right, fine. Sit down. I can't believe you were that dumb. Right? No way. He caught it at another level. God spoke to him in a deeper position. And it moved him along. And he had one question. What do I need to do to have what you have? What do I need to do to be saved? At that moment, we need to be ready to have an answer. Amen? 
That's our job. As God's stirring in hearts, we better be able to answer in that moment what God's plan is. Notice this. Just a few things that Paul and the group were doing. They lived it. There were some actions that spoke of something different going on in their life. They shared it. There were words that spoke of something different going on in their life. They were singing it. There was song that spoke of something different going on in their life. And then they made themselves available. In a moment where for their own good they could have run. But they made themselves available. He hung on. So that the good of the prisoners and the good of the jailer were all considered. In that moment, he had one answer. Paul had an answer of what must we do to be saved. It was this. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. It says in verse 32, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. They went and just expounded on what it means to believe in the Lord Jesus. Here's what I love. What must they do to be saved? Well, you're going to have to clean a lot up in your life first because God doesn't really want to see you until you're looking a little prettier than that. I'm just saying, okay? Well, I need you to really be considering the junk in your life that has to go, and I need you to try on your own effort first to clean it all up. Then we'll see. Not the story, right? Here's the story. What must we do to be saved? Simply this. Come as you are. Come right now and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. See him as your almighty God and hand yourself over. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the call. It's a simple answer. Let's make sure we're ready to give it with all we've got. You know, it says, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and made clear to him what was going on. Let's just do a little bit of that here right now, okay? What are some things that you could share in order to make clear the word of the Lord, in order to explain how to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Here's a couple of verses you might want to write down to be able to explain your faith. Six easy verses, okay? First, Romans 3.10. You just write down Romans 3.10. Might want to write this word next to it. Everyone. It says, there is none righteous. Nope, not one. We are all in the same boat. Everyone is in the same boat. Okay? Next verse. Romans 3.23. Might want to write this word next to it. Airball. Right? The term It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's an archery term, and it means pulling back and shooting at that target, but you missed the bullseye. You missed the whole target. You came up short, and you hit the sand. It's like our basketball term today, when you completely miss the rim, the net, everything, and everybody in the in the crowd starts cheering. Yeah. Write it down, right? <laughs> Romans 3.23, air ball. Make it clear. We're all in the same boat. We've all shot an air ball, and we're all standing in one position in need of a Savior. Romans 6.23, what does that need? It says, for the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from him. You can just write penalty. And then the next verse, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Solution. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord, and if we believe that God has raised him from the dead... We will be saved. That's what we're talking about. 
We're talking about when somebody says, what must I do to know this God that you know in the way you know him? Romans 10, 9 and 10 is where we're getting to. The other verses are walking us up to it. So Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And then I like to throw this one in here just for clarity. James 2.19. James 2.19. It says, you know, you believe that there's one God. Yeah. The devils believe that and they're trembling. There's a belief where it's just this mental assent. Yeah, I know it's true, but I'm not giving my heart over to him or anything. That's where the demons stand. Yeah, I recognize that that's who God is, and I recognize what he's doing, but you don't have my heart. That's not belief. There's a belief that leads to cognitive assent and no heart handed over. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about, you have me, Lord. I am giving myself to you. Lord, what do you want done? You are in charge of me. You're in charge of this world. I worship you as my Lord and my God. That's what we're talking about when we say belief. A belief that leads to an action. We say here at Harvest, you know, we a faith that saves. Well, it's a faith that changes you. God working in you. It's you allowing yourself to be touched by the Almighty. You being changed to look more like Him. Handing yourself over to Him at work in you. It's a nice verse to go to to make the clarifying difference of just knowing it and letting it be all about you. And then the last verse, Romans 8, 1. You can write the word next to it, no condemnation. Romans 8, 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. None. In other words, for eternity, Jesus Christ and his shed blood, he has taken upon himself what we owed. The penalty we owe resolved in him. Our almighty God, our savior, our redeemer, our king, there is now no condemnation for all eternity, eternally secure with him because of the effectiveness of his shed blood washing us clean. Amen? That's the message of hope. May I introduce you to my God, the God who changes my actions, the God who changes my words, the God who changes my heart. Look at what Paul and Silas saw. As this man came to him. Here's just a request I'd ask of you. We, uh, we talk a lot when we, when we talk about sharing our faith. We talk about red apples and green apples. Look for people that are being ripened to Jesus Christ. People that are asking questions and looking for him. I'm telling you, when somebody walks up and says, what must I do to be saved? We're talking like the low-hanging red apple. You know what I mean? It's the kind where you can just kind of touch it and it'll fall in your hand. I picked fruit, right? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about these apples that are causing the branches to hang down. They're so ripe. When somebody's saying, what do I have to do to be saved? What an awesome moment to be able to share. There's other times we come up and we're talking to somebody and they're in a different spot. They're just asking tougher questions as they're making this progress along. And quite frankly, it's a lot like reaching up high and it's very green and still needs a lot of ripening to it. And you're grabbing and tugging and... Be careful. Don't bruise the fruit. Be gentle. Share your faith and where you're at. Find out along this path of verses as you walk. Maybe there's some question they've got or some sticking point they have that maybe you can listen to. And like, do you have a problem? What do you think of this? And what does this verse say? And and you just turn it around and let them read it. 
And well, what does it say to you? That's right. That's what it means. And well, what is this verse? And how do you feel about that? What do you think of that? And you're going to find a point where they go, nope, not going to buy that. That's the sticking point. And then we can talk a little bit there. Well, why not? What about that makes you not want to resist? What is it that's not working? Let's talk about it and understand. You might be able to help them take a step. Maybe they're not going to take a step right then. The question is, are we faithful to helping challenge and share and just call them to the next step? And let's see what God does as we begin to answer for them. You might even need to say something like, I don't have an answer to that question, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to call somebody this week who knows. Give us a call at the office. Talk to your small group leader. Let's get connected up and let's get some answers. So you have a chance to sit down with them and share with them. And watch God bring them along. So that they at some point can literally be saying, I want to do that. What do I need to do to do that? Sometimes we're helping them take that next step. Sometimes that next step is right to salvation. But may we always be pointing with actions in words vertically to our savior jesus christ that's the first step in executing on a personal witness second step share your personal story of god at work in you share your personal story of god at work in you check out what happens starting in verse 33 it says and he took the same hour of the night and washed their wounds this is the jailer he's now washing the wounds he's probably helped create The jailer who whipped him, who created some wounds, is now taking care of some wounds. Hearts being turned as he believed and trusted and his life was rocked. He said, I better do something about this. And so he turned and he began to care for him. And then he takes the next step. And he was baptized at once. He and all his family. He was baptized at once. When was he baptized? When was he baptized? At once. This is a big deal. A quick response to saying, I'm trusting him and I'm following him. I'm going to let everybody know. What does baptism mean? It simply means this. Proclaiming publicly where I've gone with my heart. My heart's already with him. I've already believed in him and trusted in him. I'm saved. I'm now proclaiming publicly. He's got me. That's what baptism is. It's being able to step up and share your testimony. Just a short piece saying, this is what God's done for me. This is where I met him and how I came to him. And this is what life's like now. That's what baptism is. I'm following my Lord and Savior. I'm worshiping him with all I've got. I literally want to say, he, he is the one I'm following. And I want everyone to know it. Shouting out our testimony with all we've got. Hey, if we're going to, have a testimony. What are some good pieces to have in a testimony? Three parts to a testimony you might want to have. Number one. So what was life like before Jesus? What was it like before I trusted in Christ as my Savior? It's an awesome question to answer. Don't spend a lot of time here. Let's not glorify the sins of the past. But at the same time, let's make sure it's clear what we've come from. And what was ripening us. To hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He uses circumstances to bring us along the way. And the tough circumstances and sometimes the mistakes we make and the sins we get involved in are things that are ripening us. It's okay to share a little bit of that. Second, how did you come to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 
How did you literally say, I want him to be Lord in my life? What brought you to that moment where you said, now's the time. Here's what I'm going to do. Who was with you or, or what question was asked or what event occurred or in what way were you turned around so that you could say, my, that's what I need. I mean, the jailer, he would say, well, let's see. I was hearing a lot of singing and stuff over a lot of nights and well, and then there was this earthquake, right? I mean, he's got this testimony and this moment. Then all these guys who should have run decided to put my life before theirs. Are you kidding me? I want what you've got. Testimony. That's what we're talking about. What brought you to know Christ as your savior? And then number three, what's life like now? What's it like? What's God doing in your life? What are some privileges or opportunities you've got? A joy that you've got going on or a confidence you have in him or a a growing that you've got through his word or a passionate worship that you've got going on. Let God be lifted up in all you have. You know, that's what baptism is in large measure. It's simply saying this. Well, here's a little bit of what life was like. It's saying, here's how I came to know him. And here's what life's like now. I just want to tell you a little bit of how God has rocked my world. I want to tell you a little bit of how I'm following after him with all I've got. We have a chance for new life, for for celebration, for lifting him up. And we can share that testimony as we talk at a lunch table. We can share that testimony during baptisms. You heard Pastor Steve mention that next week, April 17th, we're having baptism Sunday. We're going to be doing some baptisms right here. Question. How many of you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Just answer quietly to yourself. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Next question. Have you been baptized? At once, it said, right? That was his response. Have you been baptized and saying, I'm following after him. Now is the time. Join us next week. Like Steve said, just sign up at the back. We'd love to have you join us. You're like, well, I'm not sure, Tim. I don't even know what this whole baptism thing's like. You're talking about some giant tub of water up here, and there's like 400 gallons of something going on, and I don't even know what that looks like. And let me help you get a little drift of what it looks like. Let's play the video. Christ in my life and made some really poor decisions and lived life for myself. Um, I think for a long time I'd struggled with the life that I'd led, the decisions I made, um, being a professional fighter and a doorman, it led me to make decisions that it was all about me and it was all about making that decision at that time. Well, I just kind of didn't have much meaning behind my decisions. I just sort of went about my life making the decisions based on my choices and with no convictions. didn't have any thought of Jesus in my life at all. Um, and I really struggled with the life that I've led. I grew up in a hard place, grew up in London where it's just yourself, self, self-preservation. And I came to college and I met a few friends um, and they just kind of, I saw something in them that I really, really loved and they just felt so happy. They looked so peaceful and I wanted to become a part of it. As an adult, I kind of hit a low point in life and I had some friends talking to me about God. And then I met Matt and started coming to Harvest. And I actually I came to this church with my partner. Uh, she brought me here, and just the day I walked in here, I felt like I was saved already. So I called you and over to you, and you said, you know what, have you ever committed your life to something? 
said, sure, I told you all about that. <laughs> we said, no, about committing your life to Jesus. And we actually stood together and did that that day back about a year ago. You know, so that's why I'm here today. Um, I'm far from perfect as all of us, but I try to make decisions that reflect uh, um, following uh, God rather than following myself. I know I've changed, I just like I said, positively. And I just think that this is a great symbol of my inward transformation with Christ. And I'm glad that you're all here to share with me. Somehow I got all the big guys. Did you notice that? Yeah, I don't know how that happened that time. Baptism. What an awesome opportunity to be able to say, here's what God's doing in my life. Here's what he's changing in me. Here's some things he's adjusting in me. As a matter of fact, maybe it's just been adjusting for a day or two, and I still have some adjusting to do. You might have some questions about baptism. Let's see if I can answer them real quick, okay? Some frequently asked questions about baptism. Why would I do it? To declare my love for Jesus Christ. I'm following after him. You heard them say it. My my life, my faith, running after him now. It's not my decisions. It's him in me. What's God doing? Notice that it's this too. It's not, I got it all together now. I figured it all out. Everything's perfect. I'm never making mistakes. That's why. It's not that. It's the Lord is leading me. I'm growing each day. There's stuff I still have to work on. Each of us does. Baptism is saying, I'm headed after him. He's my leader. It's also not saying, because I'm being saved as I go in the water and out. Saved is what happens first. It's belief and salvation. Baptism is that symbol that says, it's already happened. God has worked in my life. This is what's taking place in me. It's a symbol as we go down in, like down into death and up into new life. It's saying, he's rocked my world. And here's a little bit of the story of what God's doing in me. Who? Well, anyone that's trusted in Jesus Christ. When? Next week. Right? As soon as you can. Let's do it. If this has been a thing you've been considering, if this is something you're standing on and you're like, I'm just not sure, and well, what if, and let's do this thing. Come join us. Be a part of it. We're going to be, as a family, celebrating all that God is doing. Make sure that this is the day you sign up and join with us. Get right to the back to that info table. Get the form. Fill it out. Let's do this together where we're lifting up his name, worshiping him with all we've got. Amen? Amen. This is an awesome worship celebration. I'm telling you, I love, I love Baptism Sunday. Watching people 
committing their life on a regular basis is exciting. But when they get to proclaim just a little bit of what God's doing and showing just a window of how God's working in so many different facets and we weave that together with worship songs in between and around and it's just a great morning of celebration. You want to be a part of it, okay? Join us. Well, what if I was baptized as an infant? Let me just answer this, okay? If you look in scripture, it talks about belief and then baptism, okay? So being baptized as an infant, that's a great moment for your parents stating what they wanted for you and what they're hoping for you. It's a great statement of their commitment to the Lord. This is an opportunity for you to state your commitment to the Lord. May I stand up and say, this is what God's doing in my life. This is how I've come to know him. Belief and then baptism. That's what's going on. So if you were baptized as an infant, that's awesome. But this is something that still needs to be done. Join with us. Be a part of this. Make this a celebration of what Christ is doing in your life. Okay? How? Like we said, get to that information table at the back, get a form, fill it out, and leave it right there with us. Uh, if you need to and you want to use the website, you can go on the web and, and sign up online automatically. But I'm telling you, as soon as you say, I'm walking out of here and I'll do that, then days start slipping by. And next week we're doing it. We need to do some organizing. So the sooner you can get your info to us, the better. Okay? Let's do that. Take advantage of getting to the back table and, and getting your name to them there. I am excited about worshiping our savior did you notice the song it said that the key to missions is worship the key to you sharing your faith is not some task and some event and some work responsibility it's you being able to say god may i worship you may i be ready to give an answer for the reason of the hope that's in me Lord, I want to share how you've moved in me. I want to share a little bit of what's going on. Maybe even be real. I'm telling you, there's some times where I've had a dip and I I haven't been walking with it and it wasn't as good and I had some miserable experience during it and then I came back up out of it and here's what's going on in my life. Be real when you're sharing your faith with people, okay? Let's be frank and honest about the walk and what it means and what Christ is doing. The privilege of sharing your testimony with others. God using you you to ripen somebody to coming to him as a worshiper for life for eternity so it's simply this here's the challenge in the second point be ready to share your testimony make sure you can talk a little bit about what god's doing in you and help bring somebody along in their faith and then the second piece is if you haven't been baptized now's the time join with us next week use that as a time to proclaim your public testimony you're following after him and join with us as we celebrate with all those who are going to proclaim him, shout him out, worship him from the mountaintops. So first, make sure your actions and words point to him. Second, share your personal testimony of God at work in your life. And third, invite them to an impact service. Invite them to an impact service. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 14. This is a big part of a personal testimony. I get fired up on this passage. Just need to know. You get fired up on a lot of passages. Yeah, I do. 
I get fired up on this passage. This is a huge passage about what we are trying to accomplish here at Harvest in this Sunday morning service, in our various worship services. What do we mean by impact service? This is what we mean. Love hearing the pages, Russell. I'll hang on for a sec. Okay, we're about there. Verse 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters... He is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. That's a power session. That's an impact service. Let's just break it down for a second. Listen to this. But if all prophesy, remember, this is at a time where the Bible was not completed. Letters were still being penned. The apostles were still authoring some of these books. Some of them were collected. Some of them weren't. And God used this opportunity to speak through people and give his word. What are they saying? But if all prophesy, they're saying this. Make sure the service is centered on the very word of God coming forth into this auditorium. May we be centering on what he has for us. What does God say about this situation? What does God want done? What is his view on life? May he and his word be preeminent in this service. That's what it means. Let the word of God rip through the morning. May it be everything that we're about on this Sunday morning. May it lead up to it. May it run as we run away from it in song, all of it wrapping together to simply say this, what he wants done will be done. May my God be glorified. His word lifted up. Amen. Amen. That's what we're all about. Impact service, his word being the center of what we're doing. Well, then what? Well, if an unbeliever or outsider enters, Notice that? Like we're open to all. Come. Come and join us as we celebrate him and as we worship him. Let's experience what's going on. And anyone who wants to join us, join us. And I'm telling you, it says as the outsider, the one who's not sure who this Jesus Christ is. And I'm not sure if I'm buying it yet, but I hear something's going on over there at Harvest. And my friend invited me, so I'll go and I'll sit with them and see what goes on. And they come in and they're with us. And what can happen? This is the opportunity that we have for all of us each and every day. He is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. He is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. What's that mean? It doesn't mean this, that at some point during the service, we stop and we start judging each other. Right? It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that we're just going to blitz each other in the hallway. What's with that outfit? What are you doing talking that way? I saw where you were. Yes, it's not that. Okay. Convicted by all means this. It means in the middle of worship, as you are so focused on him, as you are so setting down the wrestling with getting the children dressed and getting them here on time and whatever happened with friends in the past few days and the workload and the homework and the, and all that's being set aside and you're just going vertical in your focus and you're so into lifting him up and the person next to you is going, I don't have that. Whatever that is that's going on, I don't got that going on. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about experience him so richly and so deeply and so vibrantly that all those coming in are going, something's going on here. God is moving here, convicted and convinced. 
And then there's times where we have the chance to even lean over and say, maybe it's afterwards at a lunch or whatever, what do you think? Or what's going on? Or maybe we should take another step. To, what do you think of this? And being able to work and be available to be accountable to one another. Yeah, it's part of it. But the main of it is let God touch your life. Amen? As each of us comes here to worship him, I'm telling you this place becomes a place of worship. On Saturday night, I don't know what it was, but I'm telling you what it is on Sunday morning. This is a place where God is worshipped with all we've got. And as we worship him, and as we lift him up, he gets the glory. Notice what it says in verse 25. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody come to me and say, it's like you were talking right to me. Okay? Uh, there's a woman in the in the congregation. She and I have a little joke running. She keeps running past me and saying, you have that bug in my house turned on this week, don't you? Right? Like, God's speaking, right? And what's going on? Am I taking tabs and trying to say it and just... No, well, here's what's happening. The Holy Spirit is speaking. And as we walk through the Word and as we talk about its pragmatics and as we talk about how it applies to our everyday life, and a lot of us live a common type of struggle and a common type of problem, and we start speaking to that, and the Holy Spirit says, right now, that's you. That's you. Got to listen up. And we're going, it's like he's speaking right to me, right? It's the Holy Spirit moving in that moment and saying, here's where I want to talk with you. God moving and revealing the secrets of the heart. And we're saying, nobody knows what's going on in my life with this. But I'm feeling God talking to me on this right now. And like this passage is such a challenge to what I need to do in an impact service. Why do we call it an impact service? Impact. Well, it means when two things collide. What's colliding? The Holy Spirit and your heart. Impact. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about God moving in a way where you are changed for his good and his glory. We're talking about you and him coming together in a way you maybe never experienced before. Him lighting you up. Totally on fire for him. Impacted by the end of the service. That's our goal. 1 Corinthians 14. God glorified. Us changed. Going away different for having met him here. Amen? That's what we're talking about. Getting fired up as we worship him. Notice it says the result of secrets being revealed and conviction as we see others having something maybe we don't have at that moment. It says, and so, falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Remember, our whole plan here, Matthew chapter 28, is to make disciples, to build worshipers. And what's the end result of an impact service? A man falling on his knees, a woman falling on her knees, and literally saying, I am giving you my life, I worship you, you have me. Truly, God is at work in this place. Something special is going on. Something different is happening in my life. I I want to be back here next week fast. I don't want to be missing this. God stirring. That's what we're talking about when we say invite somebody to an impact service. Okay? What an awesome opportunity to say, God's at work. Come join me as we worship him. It's been an unbelievable experience for me. I'd love to have you join me. 
You know, I can tell you this. Um, I've had a number of people come to me and they say, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is exactly, but there's something different going on here than other places I've been and other experiences I've had. I can't. And so then, then we start going down the list. It's, it's pretty typical. And it starts with something like, you know, the parking lot was a good size or the, or the greeters were really friendly or man, when we turn and shake hands in the worship, a lot of nice warm people. And, and like one guy remembered my name. I hadn't seen him in two weeks. We're just sitting in the same area. Like, wow. And just some of that stuff. And then it's, but that worship, you know, like there's some of these very contemporary songs that I'm hearing on the radio and I'm, I'm able to worship and celebrate him and they've got this meaning to me. And so maybe it's that. And, and, and then it goes to the next step. Well, maybe it's the preaching and, the, and some of the way the words brought out as we just walk through it and let God's word speak. And, and I don't know what it is. Which is it? And the answer is yes. But it's so much more than format. Here's what it is. The Holy Spirit at work in this place. Impacting you and me for his glory. It's no matter what we've chosen to walk through and how we're walking through it and transitions we manage and Larry and I do a lot of effort to try to, quite frankly, keep us out of the way so we can keep going vertical as much as possible. Why? Because it's him moving in you and you and me worshiping him with all we've got. That's my prayer that you and I would be so taken That this place just becomes our personal place of worship. And we corporately together lift his name up like never before. That's our plan. And it's an unbelievable privilege to continue to call more and more worshipers to that. It so glorifies him. It so honors him. It so lifts him up. I'm telling you, we have... I don't know what, anywhere from 30 to 50 visitors a week that kind of roll through here, and I probably hear it 50 to 100 times a year. What element is it? And it just keeps coming down to God at work in this place. God at work in us. Let's lift him up. Let's just be worshiping him with all we've got. You and I have a job to be the most sold-out worshiper we can be, celebrating him with all we've got. Oh, and by the way, inviting somebody to come to this impact service with. Just saying, hey, why don't you join me? We've got an Easter service coming up in two weeks. Why don't you join me for Easter service? Come with. You know, I'm going to do something here. Let's, I'm going to have the ushers come forward. And they've got some invites in their hand. Some of you are thinking, I have no idea how to invite somebody to a service. We're going to help you out. Okay? So we've got packs of three. There's three little invites. Everybody take one of these, okay? We're going to pass them down the row. Every single person take one of these. It'll give you three invites for you to be able to get to somebody in the next two weeks. Here's what I'm going to ask of you, okay? Take a little bit of time to pray. To say, God, who do you want me giving this to? Is somebody at work? Is it a friend? Maybe a family member? Somebody in school? Lord, who do you want me bringing this to? Be preparing their heart. And then just hand them this card. It explains a little bit. We're starting a new sermon series on Easter Sunday called Compelling King. And we're going to be walking for about eight weeks through who is Jesus Christ? Just who is this King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And what do we need to know about him? Here's a simple question you can ask them. Okay, don't ask them this. Want to come to church with me? Don't ask them that. You know why? Because here's what they just heard. Want to come be bored with me on a Sunday? (laughs) Be careful. 
We've got, there's this understanding of words and, and terms. And so be careful. You might want to say something like this. Hey, we're doing this Easter celebration. Man, I'd love to have you come join us. Or, hey, you know what? There'd be a great day for you to come join us. Easter Sunday, we're going to have like a choir. We're going to have some awesome music going. It's going to be a big celebration Sunday. I'd love to have you join us. Be a great day to do it. Really get a feel for what Harvest is like, the church that I'm going to. I'd love to have you join me. Do you want to come? Now, here's my only request. Don't invite people that are going to another church and they're on fire and excited there and they're growing. Please don't do that, okay? This is not about getting people from other churches and and they've got a place and a home and they're coming over for a one-kick celebration. That's not what we're talking about. Who do you know who doesn't have a church home? Who do you know who doesn't really have a vibrant walk with Christ, who needs a kick, a growth, a being in the midst and a presence of God and feeling and seeing and being able to experience impact worship? That's what we're talking about. Be praying for these cards and try to move these cards. Get them to somebody and invite them, okay? Everybody has three cards. I'm telling you, over the next two weeks, if everybody takes one of these, we should get out somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 cards, okay? So that means husbands and wives, you're not giving cards to the same people, right? So husbands, you're like, dang, got to think of somebody else now, right? So you might want to get to the neighbor first, whatever. Think about some people. Figure out who you can get to. Be praying. This is a chance for you to have a witness and a testimony in the community by simply inviting to an impact service. And that's not cheating. 1 Corinthians 14, that's what it's all about, is that we have power worship, passionate worship, and we come together and celebrate. And others who are interested, welcome. Come join with us. Amen? Okay. That's our chance to sing his praises and his blessings with all we've got. So how many cards do you have? Three. How many are you going to hand out? Three. Yeah, okay. Not one and a half. I tried to give it to one guy. He wouldn't take it. You know, that, it's like, I'm going to get three cards. I'm Give it a shot. Really pray about who you can get them out to, okay? Let's see what God's got in store. And for those of you who haven't been baptized, right to the back, get to the information table. Join us next week. Let's celebrate him in what he's doing in your life. God at work, him being worshiped, him being glorified, his name lifted up, preeminent in this place, presented right to the front and taken vertical. May we focus on him. That's our personal testimony at work in this community. Let's pray.